0: Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm Gilda Evans, bringing you the Autism Resource Podcast. This podcast and the ARP website are your one-stop knowledge and resource base for autism and much more. I'm honored to have Dr. Temple Grandin as my guest today. Dr. Grandin is one of the most well-known figures in the autism community. She did not talk until she was three and a half years old. She was fortunate to get early speech therapy and her teachers taught her how to wait and take turns while playing board games. She was mainstreamed into a normal kindergarten at age five. Oliver Sacks wrote in the foreword of Thinking in Pictures that her first book, Emergence, labeled autistic, was unprecedented because there had never before been an inside narrative of autism Dr. Sachs profiled Dr. Grandin in his best-selling book, Anthropologist on Mars. Dr. Grandin became a prominent author and speaker on both autism and animal behavior. Today, she is a professor of animal science at Colorado State University. She also has a successful career consulting on both livestock handling equipment design and animal welfare. Half of the cattle in the United States are handled in facilities that Dr. Grandin designed. She has been featured on national public radio and a BBC special called The Woman Who Thinks Like a Cow. She has also appeared on national TV on shows such as Larry King Live, 2020, 60 Minutes, Fox and Friends, and she has a 2010 Ted Talk. Articles about Dr. Grandin have appeared in Time Magazine, New York Times, Discover Magazine, Forbes, and USA Today. Many may recall the HBO Emmy Award-winning movie about her life, and she was inducted into the American Academy of Arts and Sciences in 2016 and into the National Women's Hall of Fame in 2017. In 2022, she was named a Colorado State University Distinguished Professor. Welcome, Temple. And thank Thank you so much. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. Great to be here. So to begin, in your literature, you stress the importance of early intervention in terms of diagnosis and finding the proper supports for those with autism. Can you please elaborate on that?
1: Well, when I was three, no speech, repetitive behavior, full-blown autistic behavior, I was very lucky to get into a very good Early education program at age two and a half. You've got little kids that are not talking. You've got to do something about it now and start teaching. I give uh, talks in low-income areas where there's no services. You've got to start working with that child now. And sometimes grandmothers can be very good working with these kids. The moms have got to get help. They're going to get too stressed. So the things that were taught to me when I was three, speech. My speech teacher would hold up a cup and she'd say cup, and then she'd say cup off. Oh, she'd go back and forth between saying it slow and saying it regular. The other thing you gotta do with these kids, give them time to respond. Always encourage them to use their words, but it might take 10 or 15 seconds to respond. That's a long time. They're kind of like a phone with one bar of service. Another big emphasis when I was three and four years old was how to take turns to board games. Or if it's some kid, <coughs> he's spending a penny, Let's turn that into a turn game, turn taking. Well, we take turns spinning the penny. And then the other thing we need to be teaching three-year-olds is skills. Brushing your teeth, putting on a shirt, basic skills. Those are the things you do with little kids. And you need to start as soon as the symptoms appear. You can get a lot of different labels. The therapies are very similar. You've got a child that's not talking and they're not socially engaged. You got to start working with them and working now, not waiting two years.
0: Well, I think that's uh, very, very good advice. And I agree with you 100% based on my own personal experience. I can say you're absolutely correct about all of that. Uh, So what do you feel are the best ways to encourage someone with autism to develop their personal strengths?
1: Well, that's going to show up a little later, maybe seven or eight years old. Kids have to be exposed to things in order to see where strengths are. uh, I was exposed to musical instruments. Um, I never learned how to play the little flute, but another kid will learn how to play it. But I was really good at art. Another thing might be mechanics or computer programming, but the child has to be exposed to these things. I'm seeing too many kids today growing up that have never used a tool because there's a bunch of people like me that be very good at skilled trades types of things. There's kind of three different kinds of specialized minds in autism. There's the object visualizer. That's a person like me, thinks in pictures. In fact, I discussed that in my, one of my early books, thinking in pictures. Everything I think about is a picture. So my kind of mind can't do algebra, absolutely cannot do algebra, but we're good at designing, mechanics, art, photography, and working with animals. Now another kind of specialized mind is visual-spatial. Patterns, these kids think in patterns, think mathematics, music, chemistry, physics, these are the kind of things that some of these kids can be good at. And then of course the third type is a person that thinks in words, who thinks completely in words. And Our educational system is really aimed at the word thinkers. In fact, I didn't know that other people thought in words until I was in my late thirties. I got a new book coming out, Visual Thinking. And in this book, I provide all the science that these different kinds of thinking exist. I've also talked about it some in my book, The Autistic Frame. There's science behind this. And lots of people are mixtures of the different kinds of thinking, but build on the strength, a strength that could turn into a career. Because when I was out working on installing equipment with construction crews at large meat plants, I'm going to estimate that 20% skilled machinery designers, uh, people who are designing machinery and patenting it, making that machinery were either autistic, dyslexic, or ADHD. And they would have been my kind of mind. Then I'm out to Silicon Valley. Have those programmers around the spectrum. Autism is a true continuous trait. When the slightly nerdy become autistic. And then you have very severe cases where they never learn to talk. Maybe they cannot dress themselves. The problem is we got the same label put on this huge range of abilities. Well,
0: I can bring up a very worn, very old, trite but true saying, you meet one person with autism, you've met one person with autism, right? Because everybody's different. Everybody's different. And it's very, it's fascinating to me, though, how you define those broad categories that you're talking about a visual thinker, someone who thinks with words and so forth. Um, I think that's actually extremely helpful and very insightful for people to begin to recognize the different ways that people with autism think because that also inures to how we can help support them, how we can help them maximize their abilities and, and give them the support that they need to be able to communicate and and just be able to function and, 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 do the things that they want to do, socialize
1: and so on. My my kind of mind is often very good at skilled trades, high-end skilled trades. And I'm now seeing adults that are addicted to video games, and there's been five or six of them now, where car mechanics got them off video games. And they discovered that fixing cars was a lot more interesting than video games. But again, you have to have exposure. If these kids were getting fabulous video game industry jobs, and wouldn't be criticizing but that's not what's happening. And right now we've got a gigantic shortage of people to fix things. I mean, look what's up. Some of these towns where the water system is breaking. That's the kind of stuff that my kind of mind can be good at, even though we can't do algebra. Absolutely. What about the, the various sensory
0: issues that often go along with having autism?
1: Sensory issues can be very debilitating loud sounds like a school bell hurt my ears, like a dentist drill hit a nerve. They're very variable. One kid may have visual sensitivity and see flicker on LED lights. Another kid will not have that problem. And you know how you can figure out if LED lights flicker? Photograph them in slow motion with your phone and make sure you play it back in slow motion. Now, not everybody is affected by flicker from LED lights, just some people. Now, sometimes on noise sensitivity, you can get the child to tolerate it if they initiate the dreaded sound, let's say the hair dryer or the vacuum cleaner, where they turn it off and control it. They can sometimes get desensitized. I have problems with itchy clothes against my skin. I gotta wash everything that goes against my skin before I wear it. The sensory issues are real and they're highly variable. Also, if you're wearing headphones, don't wear them all the time. If you wear headphones all the time, your brain gets more sensitive. You can have them with you when you need them so you wear them. Try not to wear them all the time. It will make the sound sensitivity worse if you wear them all the time. That would make
0: a lot of sense. That would make a lot of sense because if you're wearing them all the time, then you never that person never has the opportunity to desensitize
1: in any way. And the way to desensitize is have them with you. So you have control yeah i'm with you that's fine and there's a few really bad noisy places like some of these bathrooms all this random automatic flushers and stuff going off yeah put it on in there and then when you come out of there take it off
0: yeah and you've mentioned the word now a couple of times control that feeling of being in control of your environment and what's going on around you, as opposed to being out of control, I imagine is extremely helpful.
1: That's really, really important because one of the things I did with my squeezing machine, since I could control it, that got me desensitized so that I could tolerate hugging people. I could control a squeeze machine. You see this whole control thing is really important.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, can you, can you give us some tips? You mentioned entering the workforce and, and getting jobs and doing things to prepare for employment. Can you give us some tips on the best way to prepare someone for entering
1: the workforce? Let's start with chores with little kids, volunteer jobs in the neighborhood, maybe a church volunteer job, walking dogs. They need to start learning how to do a task for somebody else outside the family. <laughs> it's important to be somebody else's dog. Is illegal they need to get jobs? I'm seeing too many parents overprotect and their kids aren't doing things like shopping, like going in a store and buy something themselves, order food in a restaurant themselves. Way too much overprotection on learning basic skills. Some parents have problems with letting go and letting their kid you know do some of these things, but they've got to learn it. Now there's certain jobs I want to avoid. Crazy busy McDonald's takeout window, I need to avoid that, too much multitasking. Another problem that people on the spectrum have Long strings of verbal instruction doesn't work. Break the task down into pilot's checklist, closing out the cash drawer. Step one, step two, step three, give them a little pilot's checklist. Very, very simple accommodation. <coughs> and that can really work.
0: Those are some very good tips. And I think uh, ones that people should <coughs> do hard. Um, now, you've written a lot of books on the subject of autism. You've mentioned a couple of them briefly. Would you like to elaborate a little bit more? on? Yes,
1: um, I have the way I see it. This is my most basic book. Lots of little short chapters. A new book, Visual Thinking. I talk about the different kinds of minds. I also talk about the huge shortage we have, what I call the clever engineering department. These are the real high-end skilled trades, people that um, keep infrastructure working. Keep food plants running. What I have observed with food plants is really interesting. The guy with no high school education designs all the clever equipment. Think packaging equipment. The degree to engineer will do the boilers and refrigeration where that requires more mathematics. Thinking of pictures, my, um, uh, my autobiography. That's one of my favorite books. Then I've got lots of animal books, livestock handling. I've got an interesting book called Different Not Less. It's 18 people later on in life that get diagnosed and that gives them insight into problems with relationships. But I see too many kids getting held back from the diagnosis, holding them back on the job front. Because I have grandparents come up to me all the time. Grandparents in good jobs that tell me they discover they're on the spectrum when the kids get diagnosed. And they have good jobs they've been able to keep. Because back in my generation, what I'm going to call business social, taught in a much more structured way. How do you shake hands? How do you greet people? Don't go on and on and on talking about some carnival ride you really like like 50 times because people are going to get bored with that.
0: Well, those books that you mentioned sound like wonderful resources. Um, and you give such amazing insights and great information from obviously, um an insider's perspective so those sound absolutely incredible um, is there anything that we haven't mentioned or haven't talked about so far that you'd like to bring up that you think is important to
1: mention you can contact me on my website templebrandon.com so my name run together uh, dot com I try to answer those emails i'm not always getting answered quickly but i do try to answer them um we want to help these kids do everything that they can be. There's a tendency a lot of times to over-accommodate. What you have to do is stretch these kids, stretch them and give them choices. Let's say they're scared to try something new, we well, could say, well, you could do hockey or you could do karate. Give them a choice. You could do robotics or you could do art class. You know, Give them some choice, but you're going to get out and you're going to do different things. And on the fully verbal end of the spectrum, I want the transition to work done before they graduate from high school. Two jobs under that belt before they graduate from high school. Let's try to do that with kids that are in the pipeline now because that's what the granddads did. So you don't have a sudden change from the world of school to the world of work.
0: That's some great advice there. Um, and I really, really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much, Temple for uh, taking your time, for sharing a bit of your story and your amazing perspective with us today. You are welcome back absolutely anytime. Well, thank you so much. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast. You can find it on Apple iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other popular platforms. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can always access us and other great resources on our website, www.autismresourcepodcast.com. I want to thank our listeners for spending part of their day with us. This is the Autism Resource Podcast, and I'm Gilda Evans reminding you to take care of yourself and that special person in your life.